I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We're so excited to be here today with Kristen Kimmel. Kristen is the head of advisor recruiting and field marketing at RBC Wealth Management. And I have to say, I had the privilege of meeting Kristen in person in Minneapolis not too long ago, and it lit up my whole day. Uh, She's just such a force of positive energy and thoughtful uh, leadership. And so I'm really thrilled that you're here with us today, Kristen. Thanks for joining. Oh, thank you so much for having me here today. And thank you for your kind words. I felt the same way after our meeting. It was one of those meetings where I left and I was energized and I just powered through the rest of the day. So thank you. Love it. So tell everyone about you, your background, how you've built your career and what you do now. Fabulous. Well, it's not a straightforward question. I am, I'll I'll start with where I am today. I'm the head of advisor recruiting and marketing for RBC US Wealth Management, but I am a finance girl by background. So I early on knew that finances was something that I was very interested in, unlike many of my friends, but I pursued a career. I started in banking. I moved into the financial services with a brokerage firm on the finance side. And then I moved into the capital markets, fixed income, particularly fixed income capital market side. I spent about 10 years there and then found my way to the wealth management side of the business where I have been for the last 10 years and just really enjoyed this part of my career, getting to know the many incredible people that we have that are helping people manage their personal finances. It's very rewarding. I love that. Uh, So it's a bit of a stereotype that being a woman in the world of some of the things you just mentioned, investment banking and fixed income and capital markets can be challenging. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you feel like gender played a role? Absolutely. I have to say, first and foremost, I'm incredibly privileged for uh, the firms that I've been working with as part of this. So I worked with a firm that was um, previously... um, a small regional firm then that was acquired by RBC. And while I was, and I'll say within the capital markets business, certainly uh, one of the few females in that role, there were some incredibly strong leaders, female leaders already in the business. And um, I honestly didn't really realize that I was one of the few You know, every now and then I'd be at a meeting and somebody would point it out to me that this was the one place there was no line at the ladies room, so to speak. But, you know, um, always was able to accomplish and partner with my peers. And it was just, it was an incredible journey um, from that perspective. I love that. And one of the things that I took away from our meeting is how much you are paying it forward by helping ease the path for women, both in career, in, in their personal finance now. Tell us about how you think about leading women, mentoring women, and advancing gender equality in your, in your day job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love meeting with people, adventuring people, and just sharing my experiences. And some of the conversations I've had with women across our industry and others is oftentimes we feel so isolated that the challenges and and the issues that we're having are because there's something wrong with us. And I figure the more we get out there and we talk about it and we share 
that we all have the same issues and the challenges, that we can get more comfortable who we are and lose some of our insecurities. I, for example, oftentimes when I have an opportunity to speak with women, I've, and I do this myself. I'll recall an event where I was asked to speak at a luncheon. And in my mind, I thought a luncheon was a small group of people. And um, it was an executive luncheon. And I showed up at the luncheon and noticed it was seated for about 100. And I, and I immediately panicked and thought, oh, my goodness, how am I qualified to talk to these women? I, you know, um, I, that I was... That imposter syndrome. It is that imposter syndrome. But I left, uh, you know, so it was kind of cute. I, I... I channeled that and I used that. So I, I, I started off the conversation by asking a simple question. I said, okay, can I ask in this room, how many of you here today have the life where everything goes perfectly, that your house is perfectly clean for company to stop by, all of your work is done, your email box is emptied, your to-do list is taken care of, your birthday and thank you cards have all been sent out, your children are prodigies, you get your workouts in and you have all of your healthy meals. And interestingly enough, not a single person raised their hand, right? Because how could you? Yeah, but when I asked, I asked them a second question and I said, okay, how many of you walked into this room today and looked at another female in this room and automatically made that assumption that that's what they have and there must be something wrong with you that they don't. And amazingly, almost every hand went up in the room. So we're all chasing unicorns. And so kind of the conversation that I was very easily able to uh, share with them is that unicorn doesn't exist. So once we realize that we can stop chasing that and accept who we are today, that we can then focus on our success instead of our inadequacies. I love that. Well, let's talk a little bit about work-life balance and your your own personal journey um, kind of in, as you raised your children, and then and then we can talk a little bit about what it looks like now. Right. No, exactly. I think that's the single biggest challenge for so many people. And part of it is the way we talk about it. When we say work-life balance, we're creating a little bit of that impression that balance means you just have to find the perfect spot and then it stays there forever, right? That you can balance it and it stays there. But the reality is our lives change and they change daily. And so I try to look at it instead of saying work-life balance, talk a little bit more about what works for me right now, right? Because I think the other thing too, another myth that we have is that we, we have to find that perfect solution, then it will fit throughout the journey of our career, throughout the journey of our lives. And that's just not reality. So if we can add that into our mindset that what works for me, this is what works for me right now, then we can be again, a little bit more accepting of what, our, what we need. And then we can address that kind of and realize that it's not a life sentence or something where we have to make uh, you know, a, a decision that we think is permanent when we can make something that would work for us in the short term, whether you're dealing with small children at home or aging parents. So I'll finish by saying, you know, what you asked about me when I had my second child, I realized that working five days a week with a long commute wouldn't work for me right then. And so I opted to go down to a four day work week which was not popular at the time. I had a lot of resistance. I don't think it's popular now. (laughs) Probably not. Maybe in this new environment, right? Where we're all working remotely. But it was, um, it was a challenge and it was met with some resistance. Some people said, wow, I wish I could do that. And other people, uh, some people, you know, intentionally scheduled meetings on the days that I was out of the office to try to, to try to, you know, encourage me to come in. But you know what's ironic is my children are 21 and 25 today. And 
as recent as three weeks ago, my 21-year-old daughter said, remember when you worked from home on Mondays? So I know, you know, that just gives me that validation that I made the right choice for what what was right for me at that point in time. Later on in my career, right as they get older, um, and there was actually a position that was offered to me at one time, and I and I, I didn't, you know, this is why I offer the advice. I turned it down, saying I didn't think this would work for me because I had children that were in sports, and I wanted to make sure that I could attend as many of their events as possible. And I was very fortunate to have an incredible leader at that time who said, "I didn't say you had to be in the office and that you couldn't attend those sports. Why are you making that part of your decision?" And so I was able then, you know, to schedule the time to leave. And I encourage people to do that that worked for me. And, you know, as I had um, a sick parent I was dealing with, I was able to adjust to make doctor's appointments and, and things. It's what was working for me at that time. Well, and I think what you've done is really necessary and pioneering because what we need is many more visible senior successful women who do and have work part-time, do and have pushed back and said, no, I can't mm-hmm. do this, or this is important to me. And then also have done that for other people. And I remember you told me a story about a woman who came to yeah. you and said something about her. She had to get to baseball, right? And exactly. can you tell that story? I will. I have two stories, if you don't mind. So one was I had somebody on my team who would come to me and said, her son had made the um, junior varsity baseball team. And that that meant that there were three games a week. We have a short spring here in Minnesota. So to finish out the season, they have they had three games a week and they started at four o'clock. So she had told her son she would only make it to one game a week. So and she was letting me know that that, you know, basically asking, uh, asking my permission, I'm using air quotes on that. And I told her, no, that's not acceptable. You, you will make all three games a week. There's no reason. There's no meeting year that, um, you know, 20 years from now your son will remember which baseball games that you weren't able to attend, but nobody's going to remember which meeting you weren't here. And it was a short season and it was, you know, four to six weeks. And so she attended all of the games and her son ended up not playing baseball the next year. And she was, she's, you know, brought it up a couple of times that she's incredibly grateful that she did that. Love that story. Yeah. I have another story too. I have, um, um, a colleague that was on my team who had just had her third child and she was coming back to work and, and she was really stressed out and, you know, struggling with the childcare. And we were talking about it and she was trying to make a, a decision. And she thought her choice was to work or not to work. But when, after we talked for a little bit, we um, came up with an option for her to drop down to only working three days a week. So she could do a little bit of both. And, and that's what worked for her at that time. And so it's pretty incredible to be able to say, hey, there are other possibilities, and I think sometimes we think that the answer is either I do it or I can't, when sometimes there are some things you can do in between. Right, and that the situation changes so quickly. All of our needs change quickly. Every day. Well, it, but it sounds like RBC has just been a phenomenally supportive employer at every step along the way, both for you and for your colleagues, and that's incredible. It um, is. I am very fortunate. But I also have to give you some credit for, it sounds like you've had great managers. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that I think we all need to think about is how do we find and make sure we're working for the right managers? So what advice, what do you think makes a good manager? And what advice do you have to our audience about what they should be looking for when they're deciding who to work for? No, that's a really good point. I think a couple of things. I, um, I, part of it is the, 
the relationship with the manager, right? So you can find the greatest manager, but if you're not communicating to them what your needs are or what your needs are at that time, they they can't help, right? So I think that there's a little bit in in uh, what we can do as well. And so from my perspective, that's that's one of the things that I had to learn early on was just being able to communicate and say what my needs were. Think of it, had I not explained to that the uh, my manager at the time when I wasn't going to take that role because I had made up in my mind I, I couldn't do it and make it to my children's soccer games, but by having that conversation, it became an and, not an or. And so that's one of the big things. But I do think looking for managers who are... Um, who embrace some of the the same core values as you do, as well as organizations that embrace the same core values that you do as a person, really make that journey a lot easier. And then just be comfortable having that conversation. The answer is always no if you don't ask. That's right. I love it. Yes. And so now we're all in this very weird new world where we're all working remotely. And one of the themes I'm picking up on from a lot of the people I talk to is how hard it is to redefine the relationship or the dynamic with your manager, right? How do I know what my, does my manager know what I'm working on or how do I, you know, every people are losing their jobs and I'm too afraid Mm -hmm. to tell my manager, I can't do this, or I'm afraid to tell my manager that I have to drop off for an hour because I have to deal with a homeschool thing situation or caring for somebody. So what advice do you have for working with your manager in this weird new world? Communication is absolutely key. I think I think it comes back to that um, in almost every instance. But I have to say, this has been one of the most challenging times in my career. I just think it's unprecedented. And, and if you look at it, right? So if we look at how many people struggle with work-life balance, right? Already, right? That's the number one issue that so many so many women talk about. And now. We've actually added another, added other layers to that. So not right. only are we expecting you to work full time, take care of your children full time, homeschool your children, right? And so I feel like we've just layered on um, all of the the um, the challenges that we possibly could at, at a single point in time. But I, I think there's a couple of things. One is communication, just being open and talking with your manager, right? It, maybe you can't do something. Or maybe you need to adjust the timing. I think that um, I think that people are so open to that. But but talk about it, right? If you can talk about it, there's usually a solution. Um, as I kind of mentioned with my earlier example. And then I think the other thing is know that you're not you're you're not alone, right? Everybody is dealing with this, and we're all trying to figure this out at the same time. So there are so many different support groups or different individuals that you can talk to. I'm loving visit Fairy God Boss. Uh, yep, you've got so many resources available at Fairy God Boss. Like, take a look at it and learn from other people, but don't isolate yourself and think that by any way that this is an inadequacy of yourself or that it's an issue that you're dealing with alone. There are resources, there are other solutions that you just might not be able to see um, as clearly as you might would be if you had the opportunity to talk to somebody about it. Absolutely, and I know I personally find the more I understand that other somebody else is going through what I'm going through, the easier it is. So would you be willing now, this is the hardest question I ask, (laughs) to tell us about a mistake you've made and what have you learned? 
Oh, there are, I have, there's a laundry list of them. And one of the things I had to learn, uh, you know, I tend to uh, revisit them time and time again. I think it, you know, not to, to be a broken record, but I think it often comes back to uh, a little bit of what I've said. Part of the reason that I, the message that I have has been built on so many of the mistakes, that communication. So I, I knew, you know, early on after having my second child and uh, with a spouse who traveled significantly at the time that, you know, working full time wasn't going to be an option. And I was doing this debate in my head for so long. Uh, do I stop working? Do I stay at home and going back and forth? Um, and then finally just having the being, um, I, I waited, I waited too long to have that conversation with my manager. So I was scheduled to be coming back. Um, and still kind of uncertain with what I was going to do. And um, finally, when I got to a point where I had to do something, I was dreading the conversation and actually ended up being much better than I thought of. So in that point, I just, I didn't communicate. I, I didn't do exactly what I asked people to do. And I'm very fortunate. Like I said, I had a good manager and um, was able to, to figure it out at that point in time. But honestly, that was a huge mistake because had I been open and upfront, like the, the 12 weeks before me coming back to work, we could have been working through some of those things. And we were so much further behind the eight ball. I had dealt with so much stress that I didn't need to deal with when I was already dealing with two small children at home. Um, I left my manager in a bad spot, kind of surprised at that point in time. I'm thankful that we were able to work, work through it, but I think that's part of the reason that I always come back to saying that communication is key because that's where I've made my biggest mistakes. Yeah. That dynamic, the, the, the uh, conversation inside our head is always so much harsher than the one that you're actually going to have. Right. It is. But, it but is. in fairness to you, I also have to say that I, I feel personally in those first few weeks after both my children were born, it was really hard for me to think well. <laughs> Nobody's sleeping and you're, you're crazed. So it's really hard to execute well in that moment. You don't know what day of the week it is. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I need a calendar. I have to check and see what day of the week it is. I you know, couldn't find multi-syllable words. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to ask you some fun questions now. Okay. Fire away. What is your favorite karaoke song? Oh man, that's a good one. I would have to say, um, just because I have fond memories of it, uh, it's got to be a Macklemore, the one, the ceiling can't hold us. Oh, I, I love, love that. that one. That is a good song. And also, I feel like very pumped up, good morale, Energetic. boosting. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love it. Um, what's your favorite way to exercise or help with your kind of self care? I have found uh, one of my favorite things is strength training and mm. I like to do it at the end of the day and I, and I do it a couple of days a week. Uh, and I, and I do have a trainer that I, that I, that I do because I think they push me further than I, well, I know they push me further than I could ever push myself, but there is nothing for me. I can have the most incredibly stressful day, stressful week. And I will think about canceling and not going. But somehow when you are, you know, I always say um, beaten to the point of exhaustion, it seems to melt all that stress and anxiety away and gives me a really clear head after I've done something that, um, that powerful. I love that. And I think there is a real connection between that physical toughness that you have to endure to have a 
good workout and then that mental toughness, right? You can, you feel a little stronger in the wake of the challenges of your day. Absolutely. No doubt. Who is one person dead or alive that you'd like to have dinner with? Oh, so this question I ponder, um, I pondered this one often. I heard it one time at a, we did this one time at book club and I'm, I'm oftentimes if I'm out for a walk, I think about this question. One of the people that I keep coming back to is Princess Diana. Ooh, I think, she, yeah, I just feel that she would be so, well, there's so many people to choose from, but I, but I find myself coming back here just with the humanitarian work that she did the challenges that she faced as a, you know, balancing a mother and work and being in a very challenging and stressful environment. I think that she had, would have some incredible words of wisdom to share. And I would love to have the opportunity to meet with her. She certainly embodied grace under pressure. Absolutely. What book would you like to recommend to our audience? What book has had a big impact on you? Um, so I read a book it's called The Collective Wisdom of High-Performing Women, Leadership Lessons from the Judy Project. And it was a book that is was so incredibly in, inspiring. I received it as a gift. And it's actually a book that's written. It's not a single author, but it is contributions from female and male professionals that were impacted by this one individual who unfortunately died at a very young age. But all of these people took the time to write and provide a contribution to this book, a story on how she mentored um, somebody or how she helped somebody solve an issue or the impact she had on so many people's lives. And it was just a really incredible and inspiring book. That sounds incredible. We will mm -hmm. definitely check that out. Thank you. All right. And our last uh, kind of Second to last question here. Okay. So at Fairy God Boss, we have a tradition. We observe, as many people have, that women are just not as comfortable bragging or talking about our accomplishments. And you're an incredibly accomplished woman. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Kristen, and ask you to brag for us about an accomplishment or about just something that you're very good at. So for those of you that can't see me, I mean, nobody can see me on this except for you around me, but this is one you can actually see my cheeks start to flush, right? So you can actually see my it. karaoke song and I can, you know, think about a humiliating experience dancing and, and singing off key. I'm okay answering that. This one is a challenge. And I, I appreciate tremendously that you embrace this at Fairy God Boss and that you do this. So if I think about it, the one of my biggest accomplishments that um, that I'm very proud of from a um, a personal standpoint is well, I'm going to say my daughters is raising daughters that that have um, self confidence and are self motivated and feeling you know confident in who they are. Um, that is something for me that um, has been very inspiring. And both of them, despite my efforts to get them into the financial services, have chosen paths that have been very different. One is uh, a mental health professional and the other one is per, uh, pursuing med school at this time. But from that perspective, for me to see them very comfortable and confident in, in chasing their dreams and what their passion is, has been probably the most rewarding thing that I've done. I love um, that. 
yeah. That's great. And you know why I love asking this question? Because everyone does look very uncomfortable at the beginning, but then when you think about what you've accomplished, you look proud and you should be, you've done amazing things. Oh, thank you. No, it's true. You're right. I do feel really, it, it is a very much a sense of pride when I think about them and what, and, and I can see what they'll be able to accomplish. It's really, it's really impressive. Wonderful. Okay. So our last question here today is, uh, as you know, we have a tremendously ambitious, curious audience. And really what our audience wants to know is what advice do you have? Another hard challenging, difficult question, but I love that it gets right to the source. I think the one piece of advice, and I always look at it, what could I, what would I love to tell myself? Um, yes. Then, earlier. you know what I mean then, right? That I know now. Um, but I would say, you know, what's right for you, right? Trust your instincts on a lot of this on what type of career that you want to pursue. Don't let anybody tell you what that career should be. Um, the type of organization that you want to work for and and trusting yourself in what works for you and not always having to think that the answer is an or, but I always say embrace the and, that I can be a mother and a professional and an athlete or and whatever it is, embrace the and, um, and, and kind of pursue what makes you happy and accept that it's not about perfection. I always tell people we've got a lot of credentials that we can put after our names, but my favorite credentials that I've been adding behind my name lately has been WIP. I'm Kristen Kimmel. I'm a work in progress and I'm embracing that every day. I love that. I love it. Uh, well, Kristen, you've just given us wonderful advice here today. I, I love how you did some myth busting. You told us if you don't ask, the answers always no. You told us that if we, no one's going to remember the meetings we missed, but our children will remember the baseball games we missed. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, we're going to embrace the ant and just do our best, right? Absolutely. Stop trying to be perfectionists. Mm -hmm. so Stop chasing unicorns. Cha right. I love that. Chasing unicorns. So thank you very much for joining us. It's been wonderful spending time with you today. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.